Today is November the 12th. Today, we see the thorn in Paul's flesh. Reading through the Bible in a year today, I'd like you to finish the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapters 10 through 13. Now, in 10 through 13, 10 and 11, Paul defends his apostleship. Again, he has uh, spoken very severely to the church in Corinth, and so he feels that he needs to make the statement to them, I have the right to do this. When we come to chapter 12, um, Paul again, in the tone of defending his apostleship, talks about a vision that he had had, and then talks about the thorn in his flesh. We'll come back to that. Chapter 13, Paul finishes up with just some final pieces of advice, and then finally, uh, some greetings. The thorn in Paul's flesh, what was it? There are several different ideas. Some uh, believe that Paul was talking about his vision. His vision was apparently uh, poor. At one point in one of his letters, Paul says, you love me so much that if you could, you would have given me your eyes, as if his eyes weren't adequate. Um, elsewhere, he writes in big letters and uh, makes a point of that, says, see what large letters I write with my own hand. Um, that's certainly a possibility. But you know, if we look, we have to look at the Old Testament. We see three other cases where Israel has a thorn in their side. The first one of these is in Numbers chapter 33, verse 55, where um, Moses says, if you fail to drive out the people who live in this land, those who remain will be like splinters in your eyes and thorns in your side. Now, the Old Testament only has three references to thorns in their side. The second occurs in Joshua chapter 23 and verse 13, where again Joshua says that if you uh, follow the gods of the people of this land, if you intermarry with them, then know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive them out of your land. Instead, there'll be a snare and a trap for you, a whip for your backs, thorny brambles in your eyes. They'll vanish from this good land the Lord has given you. Thorny brambles. Uh, thorns in your eyes. And then finally, Judges chapter 2, verse 3. Now I declare that I will no longer drive out the people living in the land. There will be thorns in your sides. Three times in the Old Testament, twice thorn in your sides, once thorn in your eyes. In each case, it was people. 
It was the people who were opposing Israel. Personally, I think when Paul talks about the thorn in his side, he's talking about the Judaizers, those who come to try to destroy what he has begun in new churches across Asia Minor. Enjoy today. As you read 2 Corinthians 10 to 13. 2 Corinthians 10 through 13, New Living Translation, 2 Corinthians 10. Now I, Paul, appeal to you with the gentleness and kindness of Christ, though I realize you think I am a timid person and bold only when I write from far away. Well, I am begging you now, so that when I come I won't have to be bold with those who think we act from human motives. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ, and after you have become fully obedient, we punish everyone who remains disobedient. Look at the obvious facts. Those who say they belong to Christ must recognize that we belong to Christ as much as they do. I may seem to be boasting too much about the authority given to us by the Lord, but our authority builds you up. It does not tear you down. So I will not be ashamed of using my authority. I am not trying to frighten you by my letters. Some say Paul's letters are demanding and forceful, but in person he is weak, and his speeches are worthless. Those people should realize that our actions when we arrive in person will be as forceful as we say in our letters from far away. Oh, don't worry. We won't dare say that we are as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are. But they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant! We will not boast about things done outside our area of authority. We will boast only about what has happened within the boundaries of the work God has given us, which includes our working with you. We are not reaching beyond these boundaries when we claim authority over you, as if we had never visited you. For we were the first to travel all the way to Corinth with the good news of Christ. Nor do we boast and claim credit for the work someone else has done. Instead, we hope that your faith will grow so that the boundaries of our work among you will be extended. Then we will be able to go and preach the good news in other places far beyond you, where no one else is working. Then there will be no question of our boasting about work done in someone else's territory. As the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. When the people commend themselves, it doesn't count for much. The important thing is for the Lord to commend them. 2 Corinthians 11 I hope you will put up with a little more of my foolishness. Please bear with me, for I am jealous for you with the jealousy of God himself. I promised you as a pure bride to one husband, Christ. For I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted, just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. You happily put up with whatever anyone tells you, even if they preach a different Jesus than the one we preach, or a different kind of spirit than the one you received, or a different kind of gospel than the one you believed. But I don't consider myself inferior in any way to these super-apostles who teach such things. I may be unskilled as a speaker, but I'm not lacking in knowledge. 
We have made this clear to you in every possible way. I was wrong when I humbled myself and honored you by preaching God's good news to you without expecting any in return. I robbed other churches by accepting their contributions so I could serve you at no cost. And when I was with you and didn't have enough to live on, I did not become a financial burden to anyone. For the brothers who came from Macedonia brought me all that I needed. I have never been a burden to you, and I never will be. As surely as the truth of Christ is in me, no one in all of Greece will ever stop me from boasting about this. Why? Because I love you. God knows that I do. But I will continue doing what I have always done. This will undercut those who are looking for an opportunity to boast that their work is just like ours. These people are false apostles. They are deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. But I am not surprised. Even Satan disguised himself as an angel of light. So it is no wonder that his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. In the end, they will get the punishment their wicked deeds deserve. Again, I say, don't think that I am a fool to talk like this. But even if you do, listen to me as you would to a foolish person. While I also boast a little, such boasting is not from the Lord, but I am acting like a fool. And since others boast about human achievements, I will too. After all, you think you are so wise, but you enjoy putting up with fools. You put up with it when someone enslaves you, takes everything you have, takes advantage of you, takes control of everything, and slaps you in the face. I'm ashamed to say we've been too weak to do that. But whatever they dare to boast about, I'm talking like a fool again, I dare to boast about it too. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me thirty-nine lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the sea. I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then, beside all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak without feeling that weakness? Who is led astray, and I do not burn with anger? If I must boast, I would rather boast about things that show how weak I am. God the Father of our Lord Jesus, who is worthy of eternal praise, knows I am not lying. When I was living in Damascus, the governor under King Aratos kept guards at the city gates to catch me. I had to be lowered in a basket through a window in the city wall to escape from him. Second Corinthians 12
This boasting will do no good, but I must go on. I will reluctantly tell about visions and revelations from the Lord. I was caught up to the third heaven fourteen years ago. Whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't know. Only God knows. Yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside my body. But I do know that I was caught up to paradise and heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words, things no human is allowed to tell. That experience is worth boasting about, but I am not going to do it. I will boast only about my weaknesses. If I wanted to boast, I would be no fool in doing so, because I would be telling the truth. But I won't do it, because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God. So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time, he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You have made me act like a fool. You ought to be writing commendations for me, for I am not at all inferior to these super apostles, even though I am nothing at all. When I was with you, I certainly gave you proof that I am an apostle, for I patiently did signs and wonders and miracles among you. The only thing I failed to do, which I do in the other churches, was to become a financial burden to you. Please forgive me for this wrong. I am now coming to you for the third time, and I will not be a burden to you. I don't want you to have. I want you, after all. Children don't provide for their parents. Rather, parents provide for their children. I will gladly spend myself and all I have for you, even though it seems that the more I love you, the less you love me. Some of you admit I was not a burden to you, but others still think that I was sneaky and took advantage of you by trickery. But how did any of the men I sent to you take advantage of you? When I urged Titus to visit you and sent our other brothers with him, did Titus take advantage of you? No, for we have the same spirit and walk in each other's steps, doing things the same way. Perhaps you think we're saying these things just to defend ourselves. No, we tell you this as Christ's servants and with God as our witnesses. Everything we do, dear friends, is to strengthen you. For I am afraid that when I come, I won't like what I find, and you won't like my response. I am afraid that I will find quarreling, jealousy, anger, selfishness, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorderly behavior. Yes, I am afraid that when I come again, God will humble me in your presence. And I will be grieved because many of you have not given up your old sins. You have not repented of your impurity, sexual immorality, and eagerness for lustful pleasure. This is the third time I am coming to visit you, and as the scriptures say, the fact of every case must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. I have already warned those who have been sinning when I was there on my second visit. Now I again warn them and all others, just as I did before, that next time I will not spare them. 
I will give you all the proof you want that Christ speaks through me. Christ is not weak when he deals with you. He is powerful among you. Although he was crucified in weakness, he now lives by the power of God. We too are weak, just as Christ was. But when we deal with you, we will be alive with him and will have God's power. Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. As you test yourselves, I hope you will recognize that we have not failed the test of apostolic authority. We pray to God that you will not do what is wrong by refusing our correction. I hope we won't need to demonstrate our authority when we arrive. Do the right thing before we come, even if that makes it look like we have failed to demonstrate our authority. For we cannot oppose the truth, but must always stand for the truth. We are glad to seem weak if it helps show that you are actually strong. We pray that you will become mature. I am writing this to you before I come, hoping that I won't need to deal severely with you when I do come. For I want to use the authority the Lord has given me to strengthen you, not to tear you down. Dear brothers and sisters, I close my letter with these last words. Be joyful, grow to maturity, encourage each other, live in harmony and peace. Then the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet each other with a sacred kiss. All of God's people here send you their greetings. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Scripture reading by Emily Herrera. Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll begin to read the book of Romans.